Welcome to another episode of Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Thank you everyone for listening as we jog our memories and run down our childhood dreams from the 80s and early 90s. I am one of your hosts, Jason, welcoming you to the next level. And now playing with power is my fellow host, Wyatt. How are you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? This is quite the interesting topic. It is all about our home consoles, home video systems, whatever you had back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're including the early personal computers as well. Right. Uh, because that was, I uh, mean, like I've said before, we've my dad bought one so that we didn't game as much. We would learn a little bit more about computer coding. <laughs> that was the premise of why I got one. Um, that but, was a little, little bit of a disguise, though, right? <laughs> yeah, not it didn't. I mean, I did learn a little bit. I'm probably like twenty thousand generations, be, you know, removed from what is current programming now. Mm-hmm. But it was still fun to learn how to do things. The downside I had is uh, uh, before I got my little device, I'll I'll talk about it later. Is you didn't save anything, so the moment you wrote it. That's when you played it, and you hoped that you didn't mess up the line of coding. So if it did work, it would it ran until you decided to shut it off, and that was it. No saving. <laughs> it was not saved, so you had to sit there for right. another five, ten hours of programming <laughs> to redo it. Yeah, that was the the limitations of gaming back in the day, and what kept us outside probably a little bit more too was it was just a you could play as much as you could. And once you completely died or once you got sick of doing the same thing over and over again, at least for me, I was back outside, you know? So that was, uh, that was part of these early, <laughs> early home systems, even computers as well. So yeah, we are up to episode 20 now, and we're going to be discussing like why I said, our home video gaming memories, our consoles and uh, some of the games that we owned for each one. And we'll go through those from uh, start until, uh, I guess, maybe up to about the mid-90s when we uh, graduated high school. And we'll see how far we got in the uh, <laughs> in the console wars. But uh, that is coming up. Just a quick reminder, I wanted everybody to uh, go out and interact with us, like Wyatt was saying in the pre-show. You can do that in three different ways. Just comment to our show notes at rediscoverthe80s.com. You can find us on Twitter at InfamousWB for Wyatt and at RD80s for me, Jason. And you can also comment over there on YouTube. We'd like to uh, post our recording sessions, give you a little pre-show and after-show as well sometimes. So uh, check us out on YouTube and the Rediscover the 80s YouTube channel. And another one, actually, we just tested when I was up there, Wyatt. You have the... uh, Which one is it for the Amazon, uh, the home speakers? It's the Echo, but everybody knows it as Alexa. Yeah. So so we tested it out. Yeah, if you've got TuneIn Radio or are connected to that, that's how we were able to bring up Rediscover the 80s. So you just say, hey, Alexa, play Rediscover the 80s podcast on TuneIn. And there it went with your uh, latest episode. So if you've got one of those smart speakers, if you, I don't know about Google Home and uh, that side of it, you might be able to try it there if you can connect to TuneIn. But that's how we... Uh, we're able to get it to work on uh, Alexa or on the Echo. Have you seen all the stuff Amazon has now? There's like 
I don't know, 20 different devices for like home automation and all oh, that stuff. Yeah. It's just a slew of stuff. It, that's what's what's crazy and ridiculous. There's so much automation. And as much as I am into to the IT, I am so afraid to put anything on the network. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want someone that can possibly hack into my system to do stuff. It most people, a- most times that when they hack, it's not into, you know, one or two houses Unless it's a hobbyist that's learning about stuff, you know, he's a neighborhood kid hacking in or whatever. Yeah. But still, I don't need anybody hacking into my baby's monitor and going, scaring <laughs> <laughs> crap out of my kids. Um, that was one that happened. Really? Ago. You're uh, kidding me. No, it was like a big thing, you know, someone <laughs> hacked into the their baby monitor and it. Jeez. You know, they just they would sit there and actually scare the kids like ooh, ooh, like your little <laughs> monster thing. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I a have little... cameras, you know, I have security cameras around my house and heaven for, I'm not tying it to the network, you know, yeah. just because I don't need anybody spying. <laughs> well, it's the paranoia, you know, people when you leave, they would know if they hacked into the system that right. you left. And they know that the house is empty and they can go rob it. So that's why it's for me, it's a closed circuit. It's you don't know. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Makes sense. So it's just things like that. I, I can't I don't like anything on the network because it can be hacked. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a little bunny trail there. Sorry, Sorry. about that. <laughs> yeah, I ran. Soapbox. Uh. I put the soapbox down. <laughs> Well, we've got a couple uh, uh, comments since our uh, our last episode. Wanted to uh, uh, just shout out a couple people. Gerald Space, who always uh, leaves a comment. We appreciate him listening and and giving us the feedback. Uh, and he said on our department stores and malls episode, uh, he said, In my part of the country, in North Dakota, we didn't have a Toys R Us, but we did have KB Toys. And that place was magical. Yes, it was. We also spent a lot of time at Kmart. They had an amazing toy area. Yes, uh, KB, I hold in high regard. It was a very magical place. <laughs> uh, I, we had, you know, we talked about we had Kmart. Uh, I don't remember specifics about the toys. And I know they had a pretty decent, like, uh, music uh, collection, c- yes. collection and uh, CDs and cassettes. And, and I remember sh- shopping there for a lot of my music, but I don't remember much about their toys to, uh, to back you up on that amazing toy area there, but I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did too. We just don't, I think mm. at the time we were more fascinated with music than we were, uh, you know, the latest mask or transformer or whatever right. was out. That's then we right. had BJ Wanland. It was on our, also on our department store malls episode. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I have two things I will say. One, as someone who has had experience with other comic cons, RetroCon is by far and away my favorite con every year. So BJ goes there. We haven't met up with them yet. Um, two. I think we did I, see him, though. I'm sorry? I think we did see him. Keep reading. Okay. Two, I will be at RetroCon this year. And if on Saturday you see a dude with a hills is where the toys are. Yes, we saw you. <laughs> please don't hesitate to say hi of course it's too late now sorry yeah, <laughs> say hi now <laughs> and introduce yourselves i didn't grow up in any part of pennsylvania for more than six months but i still remember hills not just their legendary snack bar with the popcorn and cherry ices but also that toy aisle 
felt like it stretched on forever. In my honest opinion, no other department store has even come close to the selection of toys that Hills had, and especially having a toy aisle that felt like it stretched on forever. Well, thank you, BJ. Sorry we missed you. I do remember seeing you. I don't know if Jason saw you as well, but I remember seeing the Hills is where the toys are, and I remember like a smirking and probably nod my head. That's what I do with anything I, that really like keys in on me. I'm like, <laughs> there you go. I remember you telling me, hey, look, there's a guy with the Hills shirt on. Yep. And I didn't even look at the comments to to be able to connect with you. So we'll have to get with you next time there, BJ. But yeah, we did see you. And uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. RetroCon was was so great this year. And anybody who wants to get more on that, just listen to our wrap up show that we put out here. And the bonus is that we usually have something for you guys. If you pick us out. Not, I mean, we're not very like well known. We're not superstars by any means. Obviously, if we were, we'd be getting like twenty dollars <laughs> for autographs. Yeah, we'd be back with the yeah. But what we for... do do is typically have a little pack with us that has like a T-shirt for a couple of years, three years. I think we had sunglasses, and we finally gave all those away. Yeah. Um. But but we've had til- t- uh, T-shirts to give away. So uh, if you find us at RetroCon, plug plug. Just saying, you might get a shirt. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to uh, post ourselves and our gear something the night before next year and yeah, come find us. I have done that before, too, on, on social media. Here, find me, and uh, we'll give you something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for those comments. We, we Like Wyatt said, we do appreciate the feedback and encourage that. Uh, let's get on to a couple icebreakers here. This one I just saw, I think it was today or yesterday. Uh, and I had read, I don't know, several months ago that this might be happening, and now it seems to be. Disney is giving us a new live-action Inspector Gadget movie. Your thoughts? Sounds like it's another style of Marvel, whoever other universe, that has to reboot Spider-Man 50 times. <laughs> or Batman 50 times, although I like Batman a little bit more than Spider-Man, so whatever. Um, but nonetheless... I mean, we saw the live action. Wow, it's been a while. It's been probably been what 10, 15 years since the original the, the live I action think came so. out. Yeah, it was like late nineties, maybe early two thousands. Yeah, and I liked it. Didn't like the gadget mobile, but again, I'm sourcing that. I'm leveraging that. You know, the original was this sports car slash minivan, and they take this four door. I've never been able to figure out what car to car that is. But it was a four-door convertible, which it had an attitude. It had a little comedy, but which was cool. It talked, which that was intriguing. But I, sorry, the car <laughs> sucked. Um, <laughs> uh, but the rest of it was fun. I liked it. I liked that they, how they used. Um, oh, what's his name now? I always go brain dead when I get to the movie stars. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Matthew Broderick. He actually did a fantastic job. I loved it. I love what they did. Uh, when they did the Inspector Gadget 2 movie, I did watch it. And it there's a reason why it's number two. Just saying. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it was okay. Uh, but it's still, it just, I think Matthew Broderick did it right, did, did the character justice. Uh, I wish they would have gone a little bit more cartoonish where, you know, Penny was more involved. She was involved in the first one. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that's the, my take. I guess I, I shouldn't parallel with, the, you know, the cartoon, but that was my basis. So, yeah, I was looking for that basis. 
Well, I I remember watching the first one. Yeah, probably it was a blockbuster rental, mm-hmm. something like that. And eh, yeah, eh. <laughs> I remember seeing it on you know flipping past it through when we still had cable and you know in the early two thousands and. I just really wasn't impressed with it at all. And the second one was straight to video. It was not yep. released in theaters and they switched it over to French Stewart playing uh, gadget. I don't remember much of anything about that. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that one. I don't, I don't I think did. I have. The only thing I liked about it was French did the voice better, a lot closer to the um, old Don Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, he had, does have that kind of similar voice. So he, he got closer, but the thing is with his, fa- the way he, does the characters just about every character i've watched i realize it's it, it's probably the guy's face but he kind of does this yeah he does just like the third rock like, character he doesn't seem to change like, it much his, his eyes are in. closed yeah his like eyes are closed and kind of scrunched up and i don't know yeah it did it wasn't the inspector gadget but i think for the new one they're gonna have to cast somebody really good they need somebody tall yeah you know kind of lanky to be able to pull off some of the and and be like a, a good physical comedian, something like that, where they can do all the fun little stunts and and everything that Gadget did during the cartoon, and they have to have a good you know Penny and uh, did did they use Brain at all? Brain yeah, they had the a dog. It was first. a beagle, but it didn't. It wasn't really. Yeah, it wasn't uh like the. It brain wasn't Brain. Was, you know. It wasn't the, the yeah. character with the little you know portable kind of cell phone yeah. on him to yeah. with his collar to yeah. go the collar phone knew exactly what he was saying right 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 yeah the collar phone we gotta have that in the, in the new one and uh yeah just give us a fun story uh get dr claw right you know we gotta have a good voice for that get oh get, yeah uh get frank welker back man just have him do the voice that would be great and give us one of those huge like uh dr claw cars that was in the show <laughs> have a little chase and, and get yeah like you said get the gadget mobile right like the classic version and give us a little car chase in there you yeah. know somewhere that would be really fun and get the fumbling i mean i they sort of got it like i said the first one they kind of got him fumbling but he was too good like he was actually too too decent of a character where <laughs> gadget fumbled on just about everything it was yeah. penny that was really the good detective right right and you know by the end of each show it was like he was like kind of coming to like what happened what happened yeah. oh you're welcome chief you, know, <laughs> you didn't do anything you probably caused more accidents than you did saving up but anyway. yeah well i guess we'll see what happens i'm fingers crossed i, I did read that the producers i think uh, worked on the um sherlock holmes movies so that might have a little bit of help, you know, with, uh, I, I don't know what their background is with the, the actual show or anything, but uh, having that under their belt might be fun uh, since that was more of a detective style and they, you know, they understand that that genre. So we'll see what happens. Um, you got another little icebreaker here. I came across this probably two minutes too late, but I came across this earlier this month and I meant to tweet it. I thought I tweeted it. Probably did or did not. Probably didn't. But anyway, there's a Sega Dreamcast Mini that came out here on September the 19th that was preloaded with, I think they said 40 or 42 games. I think it's Um, actually the Genesis, not the Dreamcast. It's not the Dream. I thought I saw the headline that it was Dreamcast. My apologies. I think maybe people were... uh, 
wanting uh, Dreamcast next, but they what the, I've seen and uh, what they've been teasing for the longest time was the Sega Genesis Mini, and they were releasing like ten games at a time over the last several months. Here's ten that's going to be on it. Here's another ten, and up to four. I think it is forty. I think yeah. you're right about that. Which is but, funny uh, because they just did a reboot with it anyway. Here, uh, what three years ago? Because my son has one. I bought the, one. It has eighty games on it. Well, this is this is different. This is actually from Sega. The other ones, like the ones that I have, are from that uh, At Games. I think is what the name of the manufacturer was. Oh, okay. Uh, and they got in huge trouble recently. I read with Namco for some of the licensing they did with Miss Pac Man. And some of those other games that like they either went too far or what they pitched to Namco was not what ended up on the shelf. Mm. And they were like being sued or something. But they were the ones that they've done a lot of these. Uh, uh, they've done the Atari flashback. They've done the Sega uh, Genesis. And, and that's the one that I have that it's actually got several games preloaded. Right. Not all are like Sega Genesis games, though. But it's got a slot that you can actually play your cartridges in it, too, which makes it nice. I've used that for several years now. And the new one, that you you can't do that. The new one's just preloaded. It's kind of like the Nintendo, the NES. NES, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Super NES, for that matter, that they've done. But um, it's just preloaded with games, and you don't have the opportunity to put your cartridges in there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, it was uh, from the games that I saw that they released, it was a pretty good selection. Uh, a lot of the classics and, you know, of course, I think they had, uh, Sonic, I don't know if it was the original Sonic or Sonic 2 and Sonic Spinball and, uh, you know, the, a lot of those Golden Axe and, uh, Altered Beast, some of those that were classic Sega Genesis games that they put on there. And I can't remember what the price was. 60 bucks, maybe? Something like that? So, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like... If you're like us, which I know Wyatt has a lot of his cartridges, uh, Nintendo, and I've still got a, a lot of mine, and I've used those retro systems that they... That, you know, that you can play several different uh, console games on. I've, I've been using those, and if you've got your old cartridges, you're, I think, more... You'd you'd more like something that has something that you can put those cartridges in, you know. But to each his own, you know. Not everybody collects their old stuff like we do. <laughs> yeah, really. Not my wife had my, her way. I'd be like gone with everything. Not everybody still, you know, blows into the cartridge to get the dust out and pops in, you know, their uh, original Nintendo. But some of us do, so we <laughs> we like to utilize those as much as we can. Right, that's it. So yeah, that was uh, that was something that I had my eyes on and was like, ah, I just there wasn't enough games on there that caught my eye to go out and you know want to buy it. But that's a good segue though, at least into our our main topic this episode. And uh, I don't know where do you want to start. Do you want to start with kind of your thoughts on like your first system, or do you remember like? Before you you got your first home console, were you begging your parents to get a certain one or kind of dropping hints that, hey, we need to have some video games up in here? (laughs) I think I did have um, 
kind of an interest in video games. I don't know who it was. That, well, I know a neighbor of ours had a, I think it was an Atari, but they actually had the paddles, the, the little spin. Right, those spin came with the so, original Atari, yep. Yeah, they had that, and I think it was the next year when we finally got one for Christmas, the one that I have, the mm-hmm. system I have. Um, but I don't remember begging too much. I Maybe we did, but I don't remember saying too much. Maybe... You know, well, this game was cool. We get to play Pac-Man or this, that. I don't remember going overboard, going, Dad, I need it. Dad, I need it. Mom, come on, come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> I don't remember going like nuts for that. Um, how about you? Well, I remember having like those little LCD games from Radio Shack and stuff that I'd play with in the car. Um, I remember it would have been around 1984. My cousin and my aunt and uncle came in from Texas, which was a pretty big deal. It was when my grandfather passed away. And my cousin, who I've only met that one time, (laughs) shamefully, he gave me an LCD game that was Burger Time. And it was great. I loved playing it. And I don't know, I remember just playing with that on little road trips because my other grandparents lived uh, two hours away. And so I was stuck in the car for two hours. And I'd break out those games. And uh, I remember having... uh, a Pac-Man watch that we were, uh, you know, I, I, I think I remember taking it to school and they were like, no, leave that at home, sir. <laughs> no, that's not allowed on school premises. So I, w- I know I was into little games like that. I had the old like red light Mattel football and basketball games that, you know, you move the little red dots around to score a touchdown and the, uh, I had the, now, I had the uh, baseball. It was baseball and football that I had. And my uncle gave me those uh, when I was real young. So I, I know I was into gaming, but I don't remember like a specific time either on begging for Christmas or circling in the Sears catalog. I got to have the 2600. I got to have the Nintendo or, you know, anything like that. It just seemed like... Uh, I must have done something to drop a hint because I got a lot of those systems around Christmas time. <laughs> right. But anyway, let's go into your first, what was your first home video game experience? Well, mine was the first one that I purchased. Let's see if. So you shirt. actually bought your first one. I did not buy it. This hmm. is my first Christmas present. I hope okay. screen share is working. I don't have a confidence feed. There we go. Oh okay. yes. There it is. There it is. So it's right now my system is actually buried in a box. So forgive me. I don't have it in hand, but I still have that system. I had this guy right here. Yes. Tell everyone what that is. This is a Texas Instruments TI-99 4A. And this little device sitting right here is what was called the speech synthesizer. Yes, this was an add-on if you wanted to hear it speak. So... Uh, one of the favorite games is Parsec. That was like the standard game that came with it. You'd ha- have, uh, uh, I can't remember how it went, like Danger, Stand By. We had Alpiner. Jason loves that game. You know. Um, oh, yeah. One of the favorite lines that we always do to each other is when the game ends, when you fail, it says, game over, press redo, or back. And it's actually in that kind of pausing thing. Yeah. So that was one of my first consoles. We had this. Well, obviously, I still have this. And there was, like here, you have this little strip. And that strip was your 
function buttons and how you turn things on and off and whatever. I think the reset button, you know how you have control alt delete on our computers. Right. It was this plus minus sign and this uh, function button. You hit both at the same time and it returned you to the home screen. And because we're here. Uh oh, look at you. You've got the emulator. I do. <laughs> this is this is Alpiner. This is one of the games that we oh had. Gosh, you you know you list. Now was there? Uh, did those come with joysticks or did we do everything on the keyboard? We did everything on the keyboard. There he is. There's the oh my gosh, Alpiner climbing up the trees. Where's the skunk? Here's the campfire. <laughs> so, we all, yeah. we found out that this is the safe way to go up. Like here, yeah, you're you you're like in debris. the middle. <laughs> Half of them and on here you are, one you side the... and half of them on the other. I don't know why my music's not coming through. That is funny. Oh my, I have not seen that in years. So, but I mean, that's that's one <laughs> game. Let me see if I can find this one. Is another one that we used to love to play, Hunt the Wampus. Oh yes, that one was interesting. It was like this maze, and you have to pick like which way you want to go right so yeah yeah there's your little oh not lead you to a swamp is what i called it the green that led you to the swamp and there the red told you that the guy was close but you didn't know where he was and he hit q means you shoot an arrow and you shoot the arrow to the guy and you oh he got me because i didn't get him Uh. yeah i don't know why (laughs) the audio's not pumping through but you could do um Reveal the map where he was actually hiding. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't know where my audio is. That's kind of sucky. Anyway, so that that was our Texas Instruments. I later on had a, an expansion. I don't know where. I just saw it not too long ago. The, the cassette player, right? Yeah, the, that was the expansion, a cassette player. Where'd it go? I just saw a, <laughs> someone here. Yeah, right here. Mine was black, but you tied it up right here with a couple yeah. cables. Classic and... cassette player, like single. Yep. Single cassette. cassette. Yeah. You could throw a cassette in there, whatever cassette you had spare. I still have one in my mixtape collection. And it screamed just like you hear a fax machine. So you hear that coming through. It would remember it. And that's how you saved your programs later on. But before then, you couldn't save them. And that was the, like I said, that was the thing. There's the joysticks. Yeah, I don't I remember those. I don't remember using I, those. I used them a couple times, and they were so not in sync with whatever you were doing. So they terrible. They look a little like the uh, Atari 2600 with just a larger button. Yeah, so this, this came out June 1981. That's when well, this thing came out. What was the memory and stuff on there? Does it have it right there? Right there. 16 kilobits of RAM. <laughs> Look, it was a whopping 3 megahertz processor. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now yeah, you're playing were. with power. <laughs> and then you could get your... Here was your expansion. This expansion got you, I think... That was 16K of RAM, 26 of ROM. This expansion, 32K. Wow. Right there. 
That's but this insane. guy had the expansion. If you can see this yeah. mod and mod and mod and mod, and there's your modem. And you just used a regular TV, right? Oh, yeah. Hooked it right straight up yeah. to a TV. Um, I thought I saw it right there. This little dude right here. <laughs> Select channel three or four. <laughs> and yep. you could go from antenna, which was standard TV. Right. Or your modulator, which was when you were playing the game. Yep, that was just like uh, the Atari. Yep. You had those two silver prongs in the back to to hook your uh, the end to the TV to. Right there. Yep. And then you had the switch back and forth. And I, I think at one point, maybe that was the Sega that I had. You chose either Channel 3 or Channel 4. I don't know why they gave you that choice. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, I don't think it really mattered, whatever your preference was. But oh man, yeah, I remember coming over and playing football. That was where you'd pick a play and you you had to look away, I think, and then the, the other player would pick a play, <laughs> and then the the little dots would uh, would battle it out, do the try to do the football play. Uh, I'm trying to think what else you had. What was the one with the toothbrush and the the? That was Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker too. And it was that was like close to Pac-Man, but had its own little take on that, right? Yeah. Here's football. Hey, I won the toss. <laughs> and then there's yeah, the screen. There's, yeah, make that larger if you can. There, yeah. Look at that, man. That's like smudges on a. <laughs> Oh, what a kickoff. He kicked it to the 50. Right. Oh, and a fun ball. <laughs> and here's where it was lame. Like we said, we had to turn ourselves away. Yep, so and select block your play. Because the one on the left is me. The one on the right is Jason. So yeah. we can sit there and see what play we're going to have. Oh, he's going to do a fullback draw where I'm going to do a tight. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. I mean that that's that's the equivalent of that old electronic you know uh, vibrating football <laughs> that you yeah. would do. Oh, and there goes a pass. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. But this is what we did. I mean, yeah. And wow. uh, my games. I'm trying to think what other games you had. I had Alpine which we've seen. We had Car Wars which was another mm -hmm. um kind of like a a maze like this. It's it would be similar to oh, what's that Namco game? It'll come to me. I might have to Google it, but yeah, it it that was a little bit different. It was almost like Pac Man, but you had the the indie cars. Yeah. Then we had Parsec, which was the standard game that actually came with the system. Rally X. If you've ever played Rally X, you know what I'm talking about. With the the car wars is similar to that. Buy something. Let's just look at that start screen. That's glorious. All those colors. <laughs> oh, that was good. I remember many time playing that console computer over at your house in those games. Yeah, we never did any programming. It was just all about the games. You gotta find the. There it is. Which one is that? This is Parsec, which is the original. There's the game that it, it comes with. Yeah, that was a little bit like Defender. 
Remember that game? And then you kinda... overheat if you t- laser shoot too much; it overheats it. <laughs> like that. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh... my sole thing. I had this for, like I said, I still have it, but I actually regularly played it for. Geez, I don't know. Up until my early teens, I think I still played with it. I'd bring it out like once a year and do something Car Wars or something Parsec for a little bit, and that was it. So now it's your turn since I've t- hogged up <laughs> the last fifteen minutes. No, that's all right. Um, my first home gaming console was the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Like I said, I don't remember a specific. I'm not even remember which year. I'm almost thinking maybe like nineteen eighty three. So I would have been seven that year. That might have been the year that I got it. I'm pretty sure it was a Christmas present. And I played that thing for a long time, uh, probably up until the later 80s. And then I remember just kind of boxing it up and it sitting in my closet just for the, you know, having the other consoles, the newer consoles just didn't compare. So, uh, I don't have any, uh, stuff to share. Like why you, you came prepared. <laughs> well, here, I'm sorry. I'm going to take it just for a second. Sure. These are the games. This is for a flyer, which was a flight simulator. Uh-huh. Uh, very terrible blasto. That was actually kind of fun. I can't remember too much, but I remember having fun protector. This is another cartridge. Oh, I started changing cool the style. Yeah. Protector. I don't remember. But here's here's my uh, Alpiner, Car Wars, football, and I had an addition. Woo, addition. <laughs> you did a little bit of learning. Uh, yeah. Here's my Jawbreaker too. So it was like uh like Atari with the different style of cartridges. Some were that just standard square black, you know, Atari cartridge. And then some of them, like I had uh, a Demon Attack. That was from, I can't remember what the company's name, Imagine or Magics or something like that. Uh, it was a silver. They were always like a silver label. And then they had this like little lip at the front. Um, and then if you think about, I think it was Masters of the Universe that I had. It was a real skinny long one and had like a triangular front uh atari cartridge but i was big uh I, I remember getting it um i remember i don't know like i said maybe i was seven or eight and i would play it inside uh on rainy days <laughs> i was outside most of the time and i would use it uh inside when i needed to because it, I, even all these games that i had and i'm about to mention i don't remember any of them holding my attention more than, I don't know, 10 minutes at a time, if that. And I, I guess I got a lot of games to uh, to kind of extend my session of playing games because none of them were really you know intriguing to, to keep me you know, glued to the TV for more than 30 minutes. But I was huge in the Activision games. Activision was king. I don't know if this was a personal preference or if this is just something my parents said... I would just start getting them the ones that are these bright colors and <laughs> they all uh, have that uh, the same kind of box style and, and art. But I was huge into all of the Activision games. I had a couple that I would play with my dad 
but uh, most of them were just ones that I would pop in and play myself. I had uh, games like Grand Prix, Dragster, uh, Barnstorming. That was great, where you are in the plane and you dip and uh, go into the barns and watch out for the birds. Stampede, where you're uh, on this horse and you're the guy with the huge lasso trying to rope the <laughs> the stampede. Uh, Pitfall, of course. Everybody knows Pitfall. Uh, that was one I remember doing a lot of searching around and maybe finally getting to a, a piece of gold or something, but I never knew what the end was or what the goal was. I just never solved that puzzle of what was pinfall and jumping over the alligators and going down into the caverns, avoiding the scorpions and all that. Uh, I had Kaboom. That was the one where the they dropped the bombs and you've got the three little things below you're trying to catch the bombs. If you let one drop, then you lose one of your little holders until you're down to one. And then you're trying to catch all these bombs on the screen before they drop. It was about impossible after like two or three levels and they started coming down super fast. Uh, fishing Derby. I remember playing that one with my dad who trying to, you're these two fishermen on either side of the screen. You drop the little pole down. And you're trying to snag a fish and bring it up. And then Keystone Capers. I love Keystone Capers. That one uh, had the multiple levels. You had the, the cop chasing the robber, basically. And you had some elevators and escalators and stuff to get up to certain levels and try to track them down. That one uh, was fun. The one that I played the most and the one that my dad, I got him to play with me the most, was Freeway. Freeway was kind of like Frogger with a chicken. <laughs> and you had uh, multiple lanes of traffic. I want to say there might have been like five or six lanes on each part of the screen. So maybe like 10 or 12 lanes of traffic. And there would be cars, trucks. Uh, semis with their you know full tractor and trailer going down uh, each lane and you all you had to do was push your chicken up you, that's the only move you had with your joystick was to go up and you're just trying to go up avoid all the cars get to the top as many times in a certain time period more than your opponent and dad and I I mean that was just something simple that dad didn't mind playing with me I guess because he hated video games <laughs> but uh Freeway was one of my favorites just because he would play with me. And uh, I remember uh, the neighborhood friend Tim coming down playing Freeway. Some of the other weird ones that I had, I like I said, I had Demon Attack. That was like, uh, uh, I guess maybe a little bit of Space Invaders. These huge like birds mainly would come down, uh, shoot at you, and you try to shoot back at them. Some of them would split into two sections. And then you'd have to get you know both of those sections when you once you hit them the first time. I got a lot of mileage out of that one. Um, Masters of the Universe. I remember having that one. Uh, that He-Man and the Wind Raider, <laughs> just kind of flying around. I don't even remember what the the object of the game was. I know it had like multiple stages, and when you got the Skeletor, there was this like weird colorful pattern you had to make your way through. It was hard as crap. Uh, haunted house. That one was fun. You're mainly like in the dark and you're like looking around. Can't remember what the object of that one was. If you're looking for specific things or, 
or what uh that had really cool box art too i remember that i did have pac-man pac-man was the you know the the horrible port that everybody makes fun of that was uh as much as et was in that landfill because they just made so many copies of it uh i did have basketball that was <laughs> that was crazy to watch and i would play something like that I did like ice hockey. That was fun. You could uh, like bounce the puck off the sides, and it was pretty simple. Uh, Defender, I got a lot of mileage out of Defender and Missile Command, those two. I did play those uh, quite a bit. Again, not for a long time. It was more or less five or ten minutes with this game, and I'll try another one. And then you just, (laughs) the more games you had, maybe the longer your session would be. Uh, just a few more that I remember. Superman, uh, that one was fun. You could uh, change him in and out of Superman with the phone booth, and I, I think you're trying to rescue people. I remember like dragging people across the screen on Superman. Uh, combat, which I think came with my system. I got the one that was later. That I, I don't remember having the paddles. I just remember having the regular Atari joysticks with the red button or orange button. Um, did not have the paddle, so I think mine came with combat, which was the tank battling maze game. I think that was the standard uh, for those later releases of the 2600. And then Outlaw. Outlaw was where you had uh, <laughs> either two, it was a two-player game. I, I think you could play against the computer, too, but you're basically trying to shoot the other person, like the old West Outlaw showdown. And, uh, there would be like cactuses and stuff in your way that you'd have to kind of shoot through to get to your opponent. That was pretty crazy, but that was my uh, that was all of the games that I remember. It was more than I remembered having, you know, just thinking about it. But as I'm going through here and compiling, I had a lot of cartridges for my Atari 2600, and it met the purpose of keeping me occupied inside when. It was, you know, bad weather or just for some reason was sick or didn't want to play that day outside. But again, it was nothing that if my friends were calling and said, hey, let's go play G.I. Joe in the woods or let's go uh, ride our bikes down to buzzards or (laughs) over to the cemetery, back the trails and stuff. I was out the door. There was none of those games that was keeping me inside away from riding my bike or, you know, playing with my neighborhood friends. So that's that's my uh, Atari twenty six hundred experience. Now, did you have an Atari at your house, or no. so any of those games mean anything to you as far as uh, Atari? Or when somebody mentions Atari twenty six hundred, did you get to play that at any other someone anybody else's house? One, someone had one, an Atari, and I can't remember who it had. They had this the Superman, which I played. I liked it. Pac-Man was okay. I always got frustrated because I'd always lose. Um, <laughs> there's one other one that I played. Pitfall. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pitfall I liked pretty pretty decently. I I I lost it at two fairly easy, but I, I liked it because I could just hop around. You could jump down like in the little tunnel underground, yeah. whatever it was. Well, uh, maybe it was. Maybe you did play over at my house, and there's some times that I had it hooked up, but. I remember more towards the later 80s and early 90s, that thing was just boxed up collecting dust somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember who had had uh, had the Atari. Um, yeah. 
our mutual friend, he was the one that had the first NES. That's right. And uh, that one we were, at least I was a little envious because, man, he he seemed to have all the, at least all the Super Mario games, you know. And, you yeah. Know, between Fireball Island and playing Super <laughs> Mario 3. Yeah. You know? It was, uh, it was uh, I don't know, like being at a Toys R Us or something at his house. <laughs> yeah, we've said it before. Our mutual friend Leaf, he 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 was the rich kid, we'll call it. His dad and grandparent his granddad were all doctors, chiropractors. And uh the comedy of it was he lived in this single wide mobile home and we don't know how he seemed to have everything that we could have imagined in his house, and we don't know how it fit in that house because it was a trailer. It wasn't even a house. Yeah. It was his room was so small, oh, and I yes. remember him and his brother's room was like right next door, and the there was no partition there or anything. But well, there was a you, partition that had one of them uh, collapsible. Like, oh, okay, doors, that's what it was. But I, they put a dresser I, in between, so it really never <laughs> you couldn't do anything. Yeah, you, you could barely get into his room with his and with his bed in there, you know. So that's I, it. I remember him like the the far room at the end of the trailer. He had some stuff stored there. That was his toy room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh it was comical that yeah this kid that had everything they lived in a, a mobile home with a deck. I mean it was a nice you know they built off thing and it, yeah I they think had there a sunroom a... built off of it and then yeah. there was the, that deck on it and it was actually built on top of an actual basement. Right. So he probably stashed some stuff in there and, you know, just cycled through whenever he wanted to change out something. (laughs) But we keep referencing him because he was kind of the rich kid of the bunch. So he had the first NES. He had the first probably VHS. That's why we always went to his house. He had a lot of the stuff. So we referenced him a lot because, well, he was the one that had a lot of stuff. So uh, I don't remember him having an Atari, but I remember him having that first NES of the bunch. And, Super Mario was the reigning thing. I'm sure he had other things, but Super Mario, have, he always I had have, the latest Super Mario. Yes, and I, that's I, my most vivid memory of being over at his house was a birthday party when he got Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. And we were just entranced with the thing. Oh, yeah. And he would not let anybody else play. It was, <laughs> we would. We were watching, but we were still having fun because it was all brand new and all these different, you know, capabilities and stuff. And I'm, I can't remember if we were like referencing a Nintendo Power or anything for <laughs> all the cheats remember. and stuff, but finding the warp whistles and all that. But uh, oh my gosh, we were just so entranced. And he was, I mean, he was loving it. It just, yeah, <laughs> his party and he'll do what he wants to, you know, that kind of a thing. But. Anyway, so I guess that kind of leads us into the next one, which I'm assuming for you was the Nintendo. It is, and I actually have. Oh, there it is, in all of its glory. Which I I forewarned you a few episodes ago. I learned that while as electronic technology, that I learned that you could use rubbing alcohol to give it a good, nice clean. So then I went and rubbing alcohol the nameplate (laughs) off. Yeah, so all the, the red this lettering. This is not a off-the-market, you know, blue, you know, <laughs> whatever. I just happened to wipe the nice little red lettering off. <laughs> but, and it doesn't work much anymore. Uh, I had it hooked up. I actually tried to ho- hook it up when you came to visit about two or three trips ago. And it did not do, it just did the blink that we all see yeah. back in the day. 
I've done some research and a lot of people blame the actual connector inside. Okay. So, and then there's kits out there to rebuild it and I'm tempted. Uh, <laughs> but instead I went out and bought that $10 cheapie that I found off Amazon. And yeah. I've been playing with that, using that ever since. So when did you get your Nintendo? It was when I was 14, I think. It was one of, one of the first Christmases out in when I got to my step-parents, my stepdads rather. They bought that, bought a couple games. Obviously, it came with Super Mario and um, Duck Hunt, the combo. I think she bought a, one or two other games. Uh, one of them was uh, Sky Shark, which I, man, I I was always intrigued by it. And there was one that other was a game. hard game. Hard, but I had figured out a way to, I passed it completely through once. Really? Yes. Wow. And you know how you can always plus up the little guns and have like yeah, right. 15. It was like I was just a, just <laughs> blowing up everything in this path. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty much the only strategy is load up on the guns and try to just wipe out That's the it. whole screen. That's it. There was an, another game at, at one point that she got me. Maybe it was the Kirby that I don't remember getting. But as I, you know, as the, not too long, but as the year or two that I had it uh, etched on, I was able to gather uh, Arch Rivals, Knight Rider, Airwolf. Uh, there was this one called F-15 City, which was, they were trying to make um, copycat of Top Gun, mm-hmm. which was lame. But anyway, Spy vs. Spy, which is one that Jason and I just always seem oh, to yeah. go to. Uh, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle was another one that I had towards the last part of it. Just recently, I've come across or purchased the uh, Super Mario 3, Three Stooges, and then uh, the last RetroCon, we, I picked up Super Mario 2. Yeah, I remember playing the Stooges a lot. Mm-hmm. That was a... The Stooges is the one that still fouls up, at le- and even in this little thing where it's like... Because the Stooges was actually awesome. We don't know how it they punched in the original audio into it. Because you hear the, you know, Curly getting, you know, mad about the, the oysters. Uh, you got Larry going, hey, this looks like a kid's game. You know, shut up, you dumb skulls. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, the lines were all in there. So I always thought that it was like way too much for the NES process to really catch. <laughs> That's what I always blamed it on because you, you'd sit there and pop, pop it in like 50 times. If it would work sometimes this one is the same way yeah. you sit there and you have to like, just coax it, you know, <laughs> inch it, micro inch it, micrometer, you know, it just won't, it's just crazy. Then it finally works. And you're like, don't touch it. Don't breathe. Don't. Yeah. Well, I think I've mentioned too my, when I finally got my NES, it, the games would get stuck in there and I just finally ripped the cover off because I couldn't get them in there and get the thing down to, <laughs> to make the thing work. So I had to rip the, the cover off. I just left it off and mine was secondhand anyway. It wasn't uh it wasn't something that was bought new, but yeah, I remember many a time. Uh, I remember even you bringing over, I think you brought it over to mom's, place when she lived over in Hyde and playing one night we just stayed up and played spy versus spy yeah. like all night yep and <laughs> going through every level and i've i've got the 
NES mini, like a, a knockoff of that, that um, I bought on one of these apps that came over from China or wherever it was it came over from. That's got like 300 games on it. Spy versus spy is on there and I will break it out and we'll play it once in a while with the, with the kids. Nice. And I've taught them all the nuances of that game. That was fun. Yeah, that was one of our favorites. The Sky Shark. I remember playing that one a lot with you. And uh, and the Stooges. Those those three are probably the main ones. And then, yeah, we would break out Mario Brothers and the, you know, the other more popular ones, too. But Well, the downside, at least with the Mario Brothers, I think that's why we didn't like playing it. It was because you had to take turns. Right. It wasn't like, like the newer Mario Brothers where you go in, in, as a team. So if you got someone that's having a, run, a good running streak, you're sitting the other there person for a while, is sitting yeah. there just <laughs> twiddling their thumbs, playing solitaire or something until <laughs> the guy dies. Yeah. So you're stuck. Hurry up and die so I can get a turn, sucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. All right. Well, my next one, actually, I, I think we talked about before, but um, I was in, I, I believe it was Hill's. And they had the Nintendo and, and Sega Master System set up side by side. And I asked my parents to get the Master System. And so I got that, I'm thinking, in 1987. I think that's when I got it. Christmas of 87. Just based on some of the games and stuff that I was researching. But it came with... I got the version... It was like the upgraded version with the Sega Scope 3D glasses. And a gun. I don't think they called it a zapper, but whatever the Sega gun was. So I got those uh, with my Master System. So it came with this game called Missile Defense 3D. And it was basically these missiles that are shooting at the screen. And you're using your 3D glasses and you're using the gun to shoot them. And then I got uh, Zaxxon 3D. I love Zaxxon. That was that kind of weird... Where you're going from like corner to corner on the screen almost. That kind of flat plane style. Um, very unique game to play in the arcade. And I got that uh, for the Sega Master System. And then a few months down the road, my glasses, one of the, the way it worked, they just like flashed or something. And for some reason, the one side quit working. Maybe I got frustrated and threw them down or stepped on them or I, I don't remember. But my glasses quit working, so uh, those two games were collecting dust for years because <laughs> they were kind of fuzzy when you're trying to play without the glasses, and when you only got one and a half D, like I say, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to play the game. But the game I played the most by far on my Sega Master System was Outrun. I loved Outrun. Loved playing that in the arcade with the shaking wheel. I mean, mm -hmm. that was always one that I went to in the Clearfield Mall. But Outrun, I would play and I would try to go through every possible scenario because, you know, the road always split. Once you made it past your checkpoint, you go left or right. And through the maze, I think you had four, four stages, four or five stages. You know, you could go left, you could just keep going left. You could just go, you could go, keep going right. Or you go left, right, left, right. And you try to find all the different patterns and go through the different uh, stages because they were always set in different places. There were some with like stone ruins that you would drive through and there was beaches and deserts and all different kinds of stuff. So I would try to do every single way to make it to the end and, and try to beat the game. 
Uh, and then that was always fun because you could choose your song too, because you had three choices at the beginning of the the game that you could pick on your stereo while you're playing. I always thought that was cool too. Oh, yeah. But I, that was the game that I got the most out of on the Sega Master System. I had uh, several sports games. They're all called Great. It was great basketball, great football, great baseball. Uh, played a lot of those, mainly the baseball game. I remember you could hit the ball like way out of the stadium. And that was always like the, the best thing you can do. And then the basketball was based on countries. So it was like the USA, Canada, you know, it was almost like Olympic basketball. And then pro wrestling. Pro wrestling was great, too. You had a, They weren't really based on any current wrestlers at the time. But uh, you had, like, the luchadors with the masks. And then you had uh, the just different tag teams. It was all tag teams. And you could each one of them had their own separate moves you could do. And learn, you know, how to do them with the... The controller was part of the fun, too, with the combination of the ba button or holding them both in and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) figuring out how to do all the moves from each character and then alf came along i alf came out i think in the early 90s or or late 80s uh i I think i bought that maybe on a clearance whim at a you know value city or hills or one of those places uh brought it home i was huge fan of alf that thing was a hard game it was just all about a trying to find pieces of his spaceship to leave Earth. And you it was one of those games where you had to, I got I need to get this to unlock this so I can use this to defeat this. And then I get a piece of the ship. And then I gotta go to this place and I gotta find this. And but you were given none of that at the start of the game. So it was all about just trying what would work here and there and <laughs> asking your friends or whatever you could to to figure out the puzzle. I do remember getting the ship together and then there was this end game where you had to fly in outer space and it was pretty hard, but I think I did beat it at one point, but it was, it was a really tough game. Uh, but that was it for second master system. I had maybe what one, two, three, not even 10 games. I think I had the Mm. whole time I had my master system and those kept me occupied and, and plugged in mainly outrun. Like I said, and I would play those for a long, a lot longer than I played my Atari 2600 games. <laughs> so I had that for several years. And then when I got to the next level, which we'll talk about, that one collected dust. I don't remember even breaking out OutRun on that one. I might have once in a while just to get my OutRun fix. But I remember that one being boxed up and put away too. I don't have, I don't have my original 2600. I don't have... I don't, th- I don't, well, I do have one of these, which we'll get to, but I don't have my original Sega Master System anymore either. I'm not sure what happened to that, if I sold it or what. So, what what happens after your uh, Nintendo then? Did, did you get anything else beyond that? No, I didn't get anything. Um, I know we've talked in a previous episode where we've had the little pocket games, the little Tiger games. Mm-hmm. I had one of those. Um, I still don't even remember what I had. It was a sports or something i don't even remember but because nintendo was closer in my in my teen years i really didn't play it all for all that long did you have a game boy no never had a game boy never had a a portable game system other than like i said the um that tiger game i never really had like one that you can change out games like the game boy or 
even the Sega version, uh, whatever they Game Gear. That. Game Gear. Yep. And Atari had the, what was it, the Lynx, I think? Those yeah. all came out kind of like early 90s, I think. Yeah. When the Game Boy just took off and did gangbusters. But yeah, I never had a Game Boy either. I, it was all about those little LCD games. And I had, uh, I remember a few, uh, there was one that was a two-player baseball game. It was like talking baseball or something. And one side was the pitcher, one side was the batter. And it would have like a little announcer. And then when the inning was over, you just kind of spun the game around and you became the, whichever one, you know, the opposite was. So I remember some of those kind of in the early nineties happening. Uh, but the, the next one for me was the Sega Genesis being the Sega guy. Uh, I think it was probably around 1991. I got my Genesis and, uh, I remember our classmate, Jim, he had one and I would go over to his house and then he would come over to my house sometimes to play. But I remember mainly staying over at his house and we would play all night. We, this was, uh, during the, um, uh, basically basketball. We would play Madden. This is the early part of uh, Madden football, mm-hmm. 94, 95. We played a lot of that. I remember we would try to, on the kickoff, uh, kick the ball towards the side, and then we would burst down the sidelines as fast as we can with the, the guy on the very end, and we would sprint as fast as we can towards the dude that caught the ball, and we would dive and jump, and if you hit him in the right spot the right time, they would bring out the stretcher. And we thought that was like the most amazing thing ever. We brought out the stretcher. Yeah, they got to take him. <laughs> <laughs> we injured the guy. Um, I remember doing that with Madden uh, and staying up and playing seasons. And, and the same with uh, Bulls versus Lakers and Bulls versus Blazers, the NBA games. We would play seasons. We'd play the full playoffs, stay up all night and uh, play those Mainly those, the Madden and the the Bulls and Lakers, Bulls and Blazers basketball. Uh, my favorite game, I always loved Sonic. I, I had the original Sonic. I got Sonic 2. Uh, I remember through our trading post, this is about the time we went down to the trading post and would trade in games. Oh, yeah. Uh, and at some point, I got Sonic Spinball. Uh, one of the, my favorite uh, cartridges was the six-pack. The six-pack had six games on it. I think it had your... Uh, the original Sonic, um, it had Streets of Rage, which I love Streets of Rage. It's like a double dragon type game. Uh, I think it had Super Hang On, Columns, and then like Revenge of Shinobi. Um, I think those were the six games. I can't, maybe Golden Axe was in there, but um, that was great because you had six games on one cartridge, man. Can't beat that. And they were all pretty great. I would play them all. Uh, and then when we got to college, or when I got to college, it might have been before that too, I got Coach K basketball, which was college basketball. And I'd play seasons of that as well with some of my buddies there at, at college. Uh, so this was like the 90, probably 96, 97 years. We would play uh, NHL hockey too, playoffs, everything. We'd play seasons of that while we're in the dorms, you know, staying up and all that. And then at some point, I got uh, PGA Tour Golf, uh, PGA Tour 3, I think it was, Arch Rivals, which I think we played some on your Nintendo, oh, yeah. Wyatt. Yep. Uh, I remember buying Family Feud. 
but I didn't. I don't remember playing it much with anybody else. I, I, reason why I remember it because it had that bullseye game at the beginning mm-hmm. that that told yep. you how, like how much money you were going to play for in the fast money at the end. Um, I do remember playing that, and then NBA Jam. Oh, that was great too, where you had the secret codes and you could be like the mascots from the teams and stuff. I love playing NBA Jam. So that was uh, the the main games I remember for my Sega Genesis. And I know that I traded some back and forth like we talked about before with the the trading post down by the movie theater. Because you could trade them in for a dollar. And if you had the game and the instruction manual and the one you traded in for did not, you could get it for free. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy to me. It was yeah. mind-blowing. And I remember trading out games all the time just to beat them if something I liked, something I didn't like, just take it back and let's get something else. And it was, a, it was a great system. I don't know how he made any money off of it, but it worked. And that's how I got my, my finally got my uh, NES, was I bought one from him. Again, it was a piece of crap because the games got stuck, <laughs> yeah. but it would work. And I would go down there and trade in games. Some of the, my favorites there, I, I played the crap out of Double Dragon 2. Th- that was always my favorite version of Double Dragon. You could do that spin kick and that knee that would knock somebody from one side of the screen to the other. Oh my gosh, I love Double Dragon 2. I remember getting Beavis and Butthead. Do you remember playing that game at all? I think I remember playing it once, but not with you. I remember playing it. I... Um... Um, I can't remember. It's been several years. I came across when I found the the my Texas Instruments emulator. Mm-hmm. I found an NES and a Genesis uh, emulator, so I had downloaded all of that. Oh, nice. Uh, I used to play like Alf. I would play that for a while and get. Uh, it was very difficult, so I yes. I didn't play it very often. Beavis and Butthead. I remember specifically being uh, one I got from the Trading Post, and it was. It was enough to laugh. I had a few laughs with it, and then it was back to the trade post. It wasn't anything. The one thing I do remember is they're on top of the roof, and they're they're having to hawk loogies on the principal. Yes. <laughs> the, the principal's like walking down below, and you got Beavis and Butthead up top, and you hear him go, and <laughs> they're dropping loogies. And then the principal would look up every once in a while and go, oh, oh it must be raining. <laughs> that that dude, it would shake, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. Principal, what was his name? Principal McVicker? Oh, I have no idea. It's been so long. I think that was who it was. <laughs> I had a game that was just, maybe it was derived from that. It uh-huh. was just that one. That that was the game. And I had it on a, as an EXE file or something for years. <laughs> and that was it was hilarious because it was exactly that. You know, you... And you, you know, you get the long <laughs> one too. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so, just a few more from the Nintendo. I remember getting some mileage out of that was MTV Remote Control, the game show where they would have uh, questions, uh, trivia questions, and you try to. Uh, and I think you could actually play. I think you could actually play two player on that. With I guess one would have been the computer. And you ring in and answer the questions like like you did uh, on the regular show. RC Pro Am was one. I was thinking I would was playing that one with you, Wyatt. That was where you yeah, had like the little a lot of remote control cars and 
they had those red arrows that would speed you up and you'd collect uh, like tires and wrenches and stuff to upgrade your car, make it go faster. Uh, and then it got to the point where once you <laughs> advanced to a certain level, I remember this, the computer got way too fast. And if you were, if you did not bomb them or shoot a missile and, and destroy them, mm-hmm. they were just way too fast and you could never catch up to them. And I went, okay, well, I'm done. <laughs> I can't win the game because they're just way too fast. But I did enjoy that. I, I did get a lot out of that. And then a few more sports games. I remember bases loaded baseball. I think my, uh, my neighborhood friend Tim had that for a while and we would play uh, bases loaded uh, up the street. Uh, you know, when I lived in Curransville, and then Tecmo Bowl, and then Tecmo NBA basketball. Those were really cool. Some of these games had like the real players. Uh, RBI baseball was another one that had the real, you know, baseball players and which teams they played on. Whereas bases loaded was just kind of made up stuff. So those ones like Tecmo Bowl, when you had Bo Jackson that could, he was just the, the, you always wanted to be the Raiders and get Bo Jackson because he was just the fastest thing uh, on Tecmo Bowl. And NBA basketball too. I was a huge basketball fan. They had all of the, the players of the time on that game. It's kind of like the uh, Bulls versus Blazers and stuff for the uh, Sega Genesis. But those ones intrigued me more when you had the real players and you could you could be them and versus something that was just made up, you know. So, so that's it. Yeah, man, that was kind of a weird, <laughs> weird cycle for me. Starting with the twenty six hundred, and then my last one was actually the <laughs> Nintendo. Right. Uh, and I didn't get anything past that until I got a PS two, and that was you know after we were married. Uh, early, early two thousands. I never got into Super Nintendo, uh, the the Dreamcast, like you said, um, M64, N64. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did Sega had? I think they had one more in there. Uh, well, then of course the original PlayStation Two, original PlayStation also, I should say. Right. Uh, didn't get into any of that until I got the PlayStation Two. And that was mainly for that was way after it came out, and I think I got it mainly to do uh, Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I had a real huge gap. I think we've indicated before, but I mean, my, it was went from my Texas Instruments to my NES. If you want to include a computer, I had a computer before that, uh, like a regular, I'd say modern day Windows based. Mm-hmm. Um, but game system, I didn't. We didn't have anything until we got a Wii. And that was, oh, when did we get a Wii? Um, I think we, we didn't get one until we got here to uh, Maryland. So it was, geez, when I was from when I was 14 till, sorry, I'm trying to do math in my head right now. <laughs> I was 33-ish, 34. Like almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I did, I did buy for nostalgia purpose. I did buy the uh, PlayStation Dukes of Hazard games when they came out back in the day, but I didn't have a PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> I was in when I, I bought them when I was stationed in Korea, and uh, one of my coworkers he had a, a PlayStation. He he kind of he knew I bought them. He was with me when I bought them, 
But I joked with him because I said I didn't even have this game. I found a little emulator you could, uh, some kind of mod you could put in your computer that would, it was a CDU mm-hmm. software emulator to try right. to make it play. It did, but it would crap out about halfway through. It was like the computer couldn't run <laughs> it right or something. So uh, he invited me over one day and we, you know, he said, here, here, have your fill, see what it's like. Played it. It was actually kind of cool, but I couldn't help but knock the drawing of the General Lee because... <laughs> Generally, most of the time looked like it was a uh, like a seventy two Plymouth, not a sixty nine <laughs> Dodge Charger. I mean, they screwed it all up, but I mean, they they gave the attempt. I think I John don't... Schneider. I don't even think John Schneider voiced Bo. It was another character. Another oh, person. really? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the rest of them came back. Uh, well, I say the rest. Tom Wopat and uh, Catherine Bach came back for. Uh, their characters uh we'd lost uncle jesse and of course we lost Sorel book boss hog i think roscoe came on but uh anyway yeah i didn't have any big an actual game system for 20 years yeah yeah like i said playstation 2 was it actually been might have been uh until we moved here which was 2006 we did buy we had an old gateway computer that we bought after we were first married. And I had a few games on there. Like, uh, I think I had WCW Nitro. It was like a wrestling game. And there was some kind of off-road game that I played too. That was just CD-ROM stuff. And, uh, and we had the Game of Life too. <laughs> uh, we would go through that. but uh, And I even remember Jackson when he was younger playing a little bit of that. But well, the old we, days we of CD-ROM. <laughs> We pl- tried to play that game of life over the network, and it was. Did we? Yeah, you and I. We tried it, and it was one of those where you had to like open. Um, you're technically opening a port on your internet to, like, remote desktop or something, so you both mm-hmm. could play it. And it took us like, sometimes like us when we're just trying to get a memory jogger put together. It's like takes us twenty <laughs> minutes to finally get it to sync up, <laughs> and we finally just gave up on it after like, we got yeah. it to work once. We tried it again. It was like the same system it was like 20 minutes and we're like this is not worth it so yeah yeah it was much easier to go back to our yahoo messenger games of battleship <laughs> pool yeah uh yahoo messenger rest in peace yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is no more all right well we uh we've got through all of our games we're anxious to hear what you guys have to say yeah. uh, about your you know what was your first home console what were some of the games that sucked you in got you from Playing outside, maybe to uh, being want to stay inside more uh, after you got that. Uh, please let us know in the comments and everything, and uh, we'll move on. What uh, did you have something on your mind, maybe for next time you want to talk about? I have the list up, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying There's... to remember what we were all talking about. Uh, you know, and of course we're. Probably next time we'll get together for a memory jogger will be in November. So there's the opportunity there for maybe uh, something holiday ish, Thanksgiving, or I don't know. We it, we could be uh, <laughs> to the point where we might want to do something Christmas, or I think we did do our, our what was it, our first or our best Christmas gifts we received yeah. or something. Yeah, in the we 80s. did like our top five Christmas yeah. gifts received. We never We've did a. Never did any Christmas specials or 
uh, anything around, you know, Thanksgiving we wanted to do. There's not much there at Thanksgiving, really. <laughs> the uh the parade and whatever else not too many thanksgiving specials there's charlie brown and right some other ones uh what else is on the list maybe set out to you it's your um, turn right <laughs> it is now um i've been going down the list trying to think of what to do i i what was the one you mentioned last time that i was kind of back and forth with I think there was something you mentioned. Can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, now you're putting me on the spot. Um, yeah. I think it was the the funny lines and quotes and the one line. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. we always, you know, everybody, especially in the A's, everybody can resound off, like, what you talk about, Willis? Most people know what that means. But there's a few that, if you heard it, you'd be like, Dang, it's an 80 cent line. Where do I know that from? You know, <laughs> those lines that you just know, you might not be able to put your finger on it, but you know that they're famous. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, dynamite, even though that's more 70s. But I mean, that was stuff, you know, retro TV was really not retro TV for us in the 70s, for the 80s, because to me, uh, at least us growing up, we still kind of lived on the older TV sitcoms and and mm-hmm. shows that were available because you know you looked at well heck you look at the 66 batman right we were always anxious to see old batman and we didn't realize mm-hmm. he was that old until we probably got read the yeah. the, the date on the on the credits <laughs> right. or something we're like wait MCM this, is, this is 20 years old what X, what yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, and yeah even like several of our shows the dukes chips uh, trying to think what else were A team. They all actually started in 79, 78. Yeah. Before they rolled into the 80s. Right. I think maybe the A team was a little bit later. But again, yeah, Magnum PI, I think, was right at 80. Uh, I know Chips and Dukes, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of a crossover. We, we associate some of those as maybe 80s, but they were, you know, really split. Right. Um, the Jeffersons, the one, yeah. I mean, the other thing I was t- thinking about tonight was, I added to it. I have a we have a line in our little list here. One of it says suggestions is under TV shows. You have a couple mm-hmm. suggestions, but one of them is a review of that show. So obviously, don't go line by line like we do with Mask, but maybe talking about you know, kind of reviewing Airwolf or something that you was a famous one a relatively famous one or one that's near to our hearts uh golden girls you know something that we can sit there and go and watch even for a few episodes or even watch the whole thing and say man i remember this i don't remember the second you know knight rider versus goliath but i remember the first one yeah i mean that could be something where we've got tons of memories as kids and we're so fixated on them as kids that now we can still go back and watch despite the technology or the whatever fashion of the time that turn a lot of people off. You know, I can go back and watch an episode of the A Team or Knight Rider, yep, yep. Airwolf. So that could be something. What what shows did we connect with as kids that we're still watching today? Oh, you yeah. know, like the same episodes and stuff. And the ones that we just can't get enough of. Um, I, just 
been uh, talking a lot over on the Retro Network about streaming services and how some are jumping and now we're getting more uh, powerhouse streaming channels coming like Disney Plus and NBC is going to have Peacock and all of these and they're all kind of circling the wagons around those shows. Oh, yeah. And I think you've got it set to where, you know, they, they've shifted from Netflix to Hulu to Amazon Prime. And from month to month, everything just seems to kind of change. And you can never find if you want to watch an episode of Knight Rider. It used to be, oh, hey, I can just go to Netflix and watch it. Well, who knows where it is now? It might be on the NBC app or something. Right. That, that could change from next month and go to the, a different app. You've got all of the, the physical copies, the DVD sets and everything. Yep. And I think we're, for at least us who want to watch those shows, we want to be able to watch them when we want to watch them. We go for those physical copies that we own, that we have, that can pop in, even though it might seem like, oh, it's such a chore when I got to put in the disc now <laughs> versus streaming, you know. Streaming, you're just pushing a button, but oh, I'm gonna have to get up from the couch and open up the DVD. You know, anyway, I you've got it made because I know you got a ton of DVD sets on all your favorite shows, and I've done pretty much none of that <laughs> for TV. Well, I, I got a lot of movies, but not TV. So TV, you've got I, it made. I I got into that DVD craze when they were coming out, and I should have just waited because I you know I've. You know, you wait five years or even two years, you see they're in the bargain bin. And I should have done that mm -hmm. then. But I was in this thing of, I guess, in my mindset, man, okay, they're coming out with DVDs. I got to get them before it disappears because it's going to go away and I'm not going to get all mm -hmm. four seasons of Knight Rider or whatever the case is. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, that I was single at the time uh, out in Idaho, kind of BFE anyway. So, hey, why not? Yeah. You know, so I, I collected, all, I hoarded all types of 80s stuff. And then what's hilarious, here we are, here we are, we're on another rabbit trail. Bear with yeah, us. Sorry. <laughs> um, so these people are going into like watching the Blu rays. So they've got the Blu ray version of like Knight Rider. And they can sit there. Some of them will say, oh man, I see the camera reflecting off the fender of Kit or Airwolf. Man, you can see that it's really like a greenish gray it's not black like we all thought it was you know just it's the hilarity of what you now see that you couldn't see because the yeah. lighting was the lighting and the cameras were kind of terrible in Almost that way too good <laughs> yeah you know you see you know to to make it night you'd say they put this lens over the camera so it looked dark but you see kind of faded headlights which was terrible because you see faded headlights but you see shadows <laughs> nice bright shadows in the one of the night rider <laughs> episodes i still remember one of the night rider episodes where he's pulling him up in this jail slash camp one of the early episodes and they dump this guy in the camp but he's you see shadows all over the place but you see headlights on kit uh, it's, it's just ridiculous but all that to say the blu-rays are what's killing it if you want to hide stuff i mean there, there's again the you know kit kit's dash right we all think it's a brand new dash. They actually took out the old Trans Am and put it in there. No, these guys are hilarious with the Blu-rays because they'll say, oh, I caught it. I caught the, the corner. Did you guys see it? I'm like, what do you mean corner? So they're looking at the dash. You got, I'll use this as an example. This is the new dash, right? 
and it's actually overlaid to the old dash. They just screwed it, you know, drywall <laughs> screwed, whatever. And people are looking right through and they <laughs> can see the this when, when Michael opens the door, you see this gap between the old dash and the uh, new digital dash. It's hilarious what they see. I'm like, geez, now I need a Blu-ray. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I bought all of see, them. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go that far with if it's oh, that high like, definition and that clear. And there's some movies I would just love to. I, I would prefer almost to pop it in a VCR and watch it that way, just because I remember, like Back to the Future. I remember that being one of the early rentals mm-hmm. that we we did, and just that. I don't know the whole graininess, the tracking you got to adjust. I don't mind all that stuff because you're still getting it. It takes you back more being able to pop in the the tape, right? Versus this beautiful high definition with extra whatever clarity that maybe you can see mistakes and stuff on or or see it just seems a little bit weird watching right. it that way. But see, so. I like that. I I get it. I've uh, the last few years it started with that. But Will Smith uh, movie, Bad Bad Boys, mm-hmm. where I'm in the movie theater of all places, the movie theater. I'm watching this movie and all I see is a stinking boom mic <laughs> the entire movie doing this. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? They can't even edit that out. <laughs> it, I don't even remember what Bad Boys was all about because I was still focused on the mic. I was focused on this through the whole freaking movie. <laughs> so. But that intrigued me because I now like, oh, wait, I just saw Kit's fender get dented. Wait, he's invulnerable, right? You know, (laughs) or, you know, you see someone take three takes with, you know, they put the cigarette butt out on the sidewalk. Well, you see three, three cigarette butts. So obviously (laughs) it took three takes before they got it right. I'm like, geez. <laughs> that was from one of the Dukes of Hazard movies that, that that came out in the '90s. Oh, really? I remember that. They, the guy walks down the steps, puts out the butt, stomps it. But then you look, and there's three of them. Oh, three <laughs> takes to get that scene right. Okay, that's funny. So I, I like All the right. mistakes. I like learning it. But uh, yeah, we're we're going down a lengthy <laughs> bunny trail right now. Well, what do you give you any idea what you want to do? You want to sit on a little bit, or I don't know. No, we usually try tell you guys what we're going to do i think we're going to have fun with these one-liners it might okay. be, take a little bit more research but i like the old one-liners and, and maybe we can find some famous ones and semi-famous ones where you know we might reach back beyond 80s mm-hmm. you know like i have have one up here just for an example for like the honeymooners one of these days alice you know we can all still associate that we know that came from somewhere famous but I remember watching that late night in WPIX. I do too, but I remember <laughs> the In Living Color version too. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, we'll figure out how to format that, and that'll be fun, man. That'll be fun because we we've spent so many lines back and forth with each other over the years, even through text messages. Countless. You'll, you'll start something, and then I'll keep going. We'll go back and forth on. I don't know, some three studios episode or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's uncanny how those movie lines really impact us and how much I still use to this day. You know, well, there, there was a season where I think both, at least I felt like he was going through a low spot. I don't know. It was just busy or whatever. 
And I would literally put on the on the subject line of his email. Wouldn't even put any text in the email. Just you know, uh, I'd throw something a stooge line probably at him. You know, jeez, uh, I should know my stooge lines by now. But you know, uh, oh, you dumb galoot, you gum the works. <laughs> and then, you know, whenever he gets back to it, it might be just that split second he gets back to it. But he'd reply, you know, he'd reply that you got four kinks and they're not in the back. In the back. Yes. Stuff like that. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Well, that'll be fun, man. Looking yeah. forward to that. All right. Well, you want to take us out of here? Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you once again for running down our memory jogger. You can follow us on rediscoverthe80s.com. You can find us on many of the social media websites. Uh, we are part of a lot of podcast sites, so Stitcher, TuneIn. We're now on, obviously, through your Echo slash Alexa device. So, hey, grab us wherever you can. YouTube, you can see, obviously, you can see. Spotify, iHeartRadio. Yeah, we're trying to get into everywhere we can. That's <laughs> it. And uh, again, like we said at the beginning, if you're seeing anything, please interact with us. We want to hear Facebook, our website on the, on the uh, show notes. We like to hear what's going on, what, what you guys grew up with. We really want to do. And we will spend the extra couple minutes to share your comments on, on air. So please, we welcome you. Please interact with us. And as we close, dig dug your way through Burger Time, then Donkey Kong, but don't pitfall your way back to the future with your arch rivals in Spy vs. Spy. Outrun your afterburner through the tunnels of doom, but we are not a parsec away from the next memory jungle. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger podcast.